As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup club's house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning everybody it is oh I didn't realize that the volume was so high from my roadcaster, so I apologize if that was blaring into your ears. It is Friday, July 21st, 8.02 a.m., and uh, I hope you are well. I appreciate the fact that you have chosen. Um, I, I like the fact, by the way, i got to tell you that there's a little bit more competition um, at 8 a.m. in the morning. I, I'm a big believer in the time slot. I'm a big believer that we need more content at 8 a.m. Because, you know, 8 a.m., by the way, I think if people want to go out there and own the time slot, uh, which I think they should, um, 8 a.m. is Eastern Standard Time, right? I mean, it's that's an hour before work is meant to begin. If you're on the West Coast, it's 5 a.m. right now. But if you wanted to do 8 a.m. on the West Coast or 8 a.m. UK or 8 a.m. Sydney, you should do that. I mean, we need 
the idea behind this is that, you know, as I often say, start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot. Like, feed your mind. It's the same. It's like nourishment. There's a reason why you should be eating three healthy meals a day. Well, I hope that this is your health, a healthy meal of sort. Um, and as I've said, the idea is that you leave here better off than when you came in, that you learned something. So it is what we call No Agenda Friday, which means that that I look around and, and I can't invite every single person up, but I, I certainly will start to invite um, everyone up that, that requests to come up. Um, I will also invite all of our regulars uh, up as well. And it's, it's open mic. So, you know, if there's something you want to talk about, let's, let's talk about it. You can have the mic. Um, if there is a question or a comment or something you heard this week from any of our sessions that you want to build on, if you disagreed with someone uh, or something, I should say, or me, quite frankly, or just something in the news, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll put a link up, by the way, above uh, startup, um, startup, uh, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective, which is uh, really the home of our um, collective cafe. And we've been very fortunate enough to uh, get a loan a uh, a a permanent well you know a, a permanent until Michelle decides um, that that uh, she's fallen out of love with me uh, which I hope is never um, but we're so happy to be here in the startup club and 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 we want to do this as well because we we believe in clubhouse we believe in startup club we believe in startups we believe in entrepreneurship and we want to be able to reach the most number of good people with great content. Next week, I'm actually away Wednesday through Friday. So what we're probably going to do is actually do the Collective Cafe um, in Discord. Um, but I'll talk to Michelle and see if we can figure out a Clubhouse solution. But it may just be a really good opportunity for all of you that want to come and experience Discord uh, to just come and hang out in our Discord Wednesday through Friday. What I like about it is if you haven't actually used Discord before, it will become a way for you to do that. Um what I'll do is I'll, I'll put in even instructions in terms of how to set up an account in Discord, how to join. In fact, this is how to join. You just go to discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and, uh, and figure it out. It's quite intuitive, you know, username, password. And once you're in and you've accepted, you know, the terms, in, the terms of joining the server of Alpha Collective is really just standard terms like be nice, be kind, be decent, you know, be a good person. Um, and then you'll see all these channels on the left, um, some of the channels you may not see because they're only available and open to members of Alpha Collective, but you will see one for sure that says Collective Cafe. That's actually where Jonathan is in right now, Christopher's in right now, Praxim's in right now, and then there's a cafe chat, and that cafe chat is pretty robust. Um, we use that a lot as well, and I just want you know I, I just want our members to know and also our regulars to know that our home is and always will be Discord. You know. I did write a book called Zero. Zero Paid Media is the New Marketing Model, and the O stands for Owned Assets. You know, it's one of the things even Michelle and I have spoken about as well, which is, which is it is imperative for you to own the relationships between you and your customers, between you and your members, between, you know, you and your community. When we have a middleman or middle intermediary or infomediary, we are, by definition, somewhat disintermediated, uh, and it's important to realize that if you don't have the ability 
to connect, to communicate, to contact, to, you know, with your members, you are, you are a renter. You are not an owner, right? It's the same thing. Like what did our parents always say to us when we we're growing up, which is your goal is to own a house, not rent a house, like own the roof over your head. Well, it's so important to be able to do that in some way, shape or form. And what is an owned asset? An owned asset is your people, your products, your packaging, your data, your real estate, your clothing, um, your website, the things you own. And by definition, if you own, you are a landlord. And if you are a landlord, that means you can also charge rent, which means you can monetize. And so um, the, the bigger vision behind Zero was not just, you know, Zero Paid Media is the new marketing model, but it's really this idea that marketing doesn't have to be uh, um, re- marketing can be a revenue generator. Marketing doesn't have to be a cost or an expense. And if you go all the way back to like you know to um, I think it was Drucker, Peter Drucker, who actually said there are only two functions. Was it Drucker? Or was um, he basically said there are only two functions of a business of an organization. There are only two functions: marketing and innovation. Everything else is a cost. Everything else is an expense. Now, if that is true, and this was said by someone a lot smarter than, than me, um, why don't we act that way? Why don't we treat marketing and, quite frankly, innovation as mission critical? I mean, here we are in Clubhouse, in Discord, talking Web3, talking whatever. This is innovation. This is, by definition, innovation. And marketing? Well, marketing, if, if we look at it, that's why I refuse to always hang out in, in, in rooms that are just focused on tactics and hack the system and cheat codes and, and for dummies. It's, it's, not, it's not that it's not valuable. It's just that it's fleeting. Tactics are fleeting. But strategy and vision can stand the test of time. And so that's where I choose to spend my time. And I hope you spend your time um, as well, smartly and strategically. Now, I'm, I'm going to bring a few people up onto stage soon. And then, of course, just raise your hands if you want to join. Um, I just want to share uh, just a very, very brief, just my little share today. And then, and then I'm done, I hope. Um, but I, I, I did two interviews yesterday um, where I was the guest. Normally, I'm the host, but I was the guest. And there were just two little sound bites that I said that I actually wrote down. I was like, oh, that's good. I've never said that before. I, I don't want to lose that thought. So the first one is this idea that community is diversity, right? Community at its heart and in its purest is diversity. A a strong, healthy community is a diverse community. A strong, healthy community is a group of strangers who care about each other a little bit more than they should. A strong, healthy community is the ability to bring together so many different people from different walks of life with different perspectives but they all, as you've heard this, have a, uh, a, a common passion and a shared purpose. And when you have that shared purpose and that common passion, you can achieve anything. And the more diverse the community is, the better it is because, because of the perspectives, because of the layers. Now, when you have a bunch of people who all act the same, look the same, or the same, that is not really a community. That's kind of a borderline cult. Or, or, you know, the concept of the old boys club, right? Not letting in how many clubs, you know, historically would say would not let in women, would not let in Jews, would not let in people that were different. But the world is different now. Community is diversity. 
The other thing that I said is instead of fortune favors the bold or fortune favors the brave, I said fortune favors the builders. Um, this was something that came out from uh, my interview with um, Kusro Khaled, who is Deloitte Digital's head of Web3 and Metaverse practice. And he was just like saying, the builders are building. The builders got to build. The builders are building. Amidst everything, amidst all of the noise and the clutter and the speculation about what Web3 is or what Web3 isn't or what's going on or threads or this, whatever, the builders got their heads down and they're doing the only thing they know how to do, which is to build. You know, and so fortune favors the builders. So that was another soundbite that I wanted to share with you. The builders will will benefit because they're building something. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can certainly, you know, build your house out of straw, build it out of twigs, build it out of bricks. But when you build something strong, when you build something that can actually stand the test of time or stand the uh, withstand the elements, you build something that is built to last right? Jim Collins, Built to Last, not Built to Suck, which of course is the book that I wrote. So those are the two little sound bites that I wanted to share with you. Um, I'm going to bring people up and uh, yeah, come on up. And um, I'm also going to, uh, um, Joma, welcome my friend. Uh, I'm also going to, I'm also going to invite uh, two of our regulars if they'll come up, Praxim and uh, Tim, who are sitting in our Discord at the moment. So um, what's in your mind, my friend? Uh, and it's no agenda Friday, open mic. So the, the, the mic is yours. Well, um, hey, Joseph, um, you kind of triggered me there because because um, the two things, community and building. So <laughs> my, my current venture of building a community for, for brand leaders, uh, for brands and stuff, you know, really hit the nail on the head. Um, I don't have a CTA in my my talk at the moment but it's more of a PSA public service announcement in the sense that yeah I'm um, 100% um, my journey so far in in building community uh, it's something that I've been doing without thinking about for the last 25 years in my career but it's only like pre-pandemic realized that it's about community so I was in a in an agency a Google agency um, running head of events and partner relations and I realized oh me and one of the partners realized what we're doing is we're building community and we tried to push it through as one of our core values but it got rejected because agencies at heart don't build communities they build solutions for businesses and they have competitors etc etc but the whole thing about what we call in the analytics industry first party data is when someone gives you the right to market to them in europe we have the gdpr here which is the general data protection regulation so for us when someone gives you permission to market to them their email address that is that all they're doing is giving you permission you don't own it but you own the right to communicate to them so it's a difference in thinking um, and then the next thing that I'm starting to think about is something called zero party data and what zero party data is is the information that your members or your community willfully give you And the power of that, and I would implore to anyone that works in brand or marketing, is start thinking about the difference between those two things. Because one is having a list, B is understanding how to communicate to them by what their preferences are, what their thoughts are, what their life stages are. And one thing I see is that people from the brand side of things really don't understand the power of A, community, B, data, 
and see communities, um, you know, their thoughts and their zero party data. So that's just one of the thoughts that I suppose he kind of triggered triggered me as I'm walking my dog, as you can hear in the background, Joseph. So um, I'm not sure if anyone has any thoughts or experiences on that, but I just thought I'd just share that and see what where that takes us or what your thoughts are, Joseph, because I'm kind of riffing on your thoughts there. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. And, you know, uh, there are so many things that I've mentioned in the past that you've probably heard me say, right? Um, first of all, you know, the data is, it's not a right, it's a privilege when someone has given you information. Um, the second thing is that, you know, when someone, I always say, when someone gives you, inf- when you ask for information, you better use that information. If you ask someone for their birthday, you better send them something on their birthday, right? Because if you're just asking them for their birthday so that you can figure out how old they are, um, that's, that's kind of manipulative. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a missed opportunity at best, and it's kind of neglect or, or at worst. So if you ask someone when they were born, um, I mean, how hard is it just to send them an email? And, and even if you send them a 10% code, you know, 10% off on their birthday, why not? I mean, Starbucks does it beautifully. On your birthday, you get a free drink, you know, and it's managed through the app. That's the whole point here. The whole point, you know, is the ability to better service, connect, build relationship, build trust, build rapport, deepen relationships. And and what you realize, I mean, Praxim is on stage in Discord at the moment. And and between like Praxim and Tim as two examples, they, they've taught me more than they think. Every time they come up with a link or a book or a, or a thought or a build, um, they are you know, they're like an extension of my brain. And so like taking it for granted is, is it, it's like a sin. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like it triggers me back. You know, when you talk about community as a core value and it gets rejected, that's insane. You know, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard of in my life. But the, but there is a reason. And the reason, as I discussed, even in one of these interviews, and I'll share the interviews when they come out, um, is that, um, the third horseman of the corporate apocalypse that I wrote about in, in Built to Suck is being a public company. Because with the public being a public company, you suffer from what I call a CTD, a corporate transmitted disease, which is as chronic as an STD, and it's called short-termitis. And when you are trapped in short-term hell, in short-termitis, how on earth are you going to build community? It is the exact opposite of quarterly earnings. It's the opposite. And the reality is that the people that are actually pulling the strings, that are making the decisions, there is no way on God's green earth that they're going to still be in their position in three or four or five years. You know, it's, it's why I've been using this whole analogy of projects, that life is a project. Because, you know, uh, I mean, you, you're uh, Ange Postacoglu, who is now the Australian, you know, the Greek-born Australian coach of my team, Tottenham Hotspur, you know, these coaches, they come into positions, but they don't say, this is my employer, you know, this is my, you know, I'm a career coach at this team. They know that if they do very well, they will leave, and if they do very badly, they'll leave. It's short term, even in nature, you know, and so they they view this whole term as a project, but that's the way, actually, the corporate world works. So how on earth... Do you compensate? Do you motivate? Do you incentivize? 
when the people that are either banking, building, selling, buying, you know, are not going to be there anymore. And and actually, like, the only answer I have for you is compensation. If you're getting a residual, right, the way I would do it is if I was the chief marketing officer of, I don't know, let's make up, you know, not make up, of Starbucks, whatever, and I'm implementing a program, even after I've left my position, Maybe I become the CEO of the company. Maybe I leave Starbucks. Hell, maybe I even leave Starbucks and go to work for Starbucks as competitor. But I should still be compensated every single time that program delivers and every time that program um, actually continues to produce. And I'll tell you just one more anecdote, and then we've got Tim and Praxim on stage here as well in Discord, is that um, I heard the example years ago, maybe a year and a half ago of, what would happen if a house was minted on the blockchain? That when a house was actually built, all of the builders, all of the vendors, all of the you know the electrician, the plumber, the architect, the the uh, construction team, the real estate brokers, they were all part of a smart contract, and the actual house was bought and sold on the blockchain. Everything transparent, everything clearly, you know, with residuals. Well, not residuals, but royalties with dividends. You know, you would build a different house. You wouldn't build a house that falls apart after three or four or five years. You'd build a house to last. You'd build a house where you know that if that house is going to change hands two, three, four times, you're going to get paid out two, three, four times. Um, So if you know that there is an incentive beyond the campaign, right, beyond the short term, it's going to change your entire perspective in terms of how you you build and what you put into it and how you sell it through and how you make sure even when you leave that the people that take it over don't feel like, you know, the not made here syndrome, that they themselves will actually be incentivized to carry it on. Think of it more as a, as a relay race. You pass the baton to the next person in the four by 100 or whatever the case may be, that everyone feels like they're part of a continuity plan that's how we do it. That, and, and, I, and I think it's going to be sooner rather than later that we actually see um, an infrastructure, a mechanism, um, you know, a business model that actually supports that. So, you know, yes, I do have a comment. I do have a response. Um, but I want to I just see, um, uh, Praxim, you are up first. Um, what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, share your pearls of wisdom with everyone on Clubhouse. Oh, no, no pressure. Can you hear me? Uh, we can. I can. I hope oh, th- well, so this week I actually replaced my sound bar. That is my pearl of wisdom. When technology fails you, sometimes you just have to buy a new one. That's it? That's it. I, I'm, I have been very busy, so I haven't been able to attend all that much. But thanks for having me up today. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you're here. So I set, I set you up to deliver pearls of wisdom and... Uh... <laughs> It's okay. Oh, wait, a, wait a second. I can't. I can't let that one go. Praxim, sorry, you got a dud. How do you know when your soundbar needs to be replaced? Years of technological experiences, Tim. So it I have, just I, I have two. Bad. I have I have two of the same one, and um, one started failing. I swapped them. The problem followed it rather than. Uh, stayed with the machine it was on. So, ah, 
Gotcha. Okay. So it wasn't a degradation in quality. It was nope. a, a fundamental okay. error. After so many hours, it would just stop responding. So, but you know, it's so important to have good, uh, at least reasonable audio in uh, the the social radio space. So, are you calling it social radio? <laughs> social audio. I, I don't know. Maybe it's more like social shortwave because radio is kind of one way. This is the shortwave equivalent where you can talk back. I remember actually back in the day we had uh, <clears throat> single. Remember it was single or simplex and duplex or single duplex and um, just the fact that we couldn't even we couldn't even talk online with MIRC chat. We couldn't talk at the same time. Actually, we should probably go back to that because imagine how Clubhouse, you want to make Clubhouse great again, uh, you would make it such that people couldn't talk over each other. Um, so it would like, if we had like a CB type of, of mechanism that people would have to actually mic up before the next person could talk. Can you imagine the quality of conversations on Clubhouse? You may be onto something. See, there's always... Even even in the banal and even in the sub, the ridiculous, there is a bit of sublime. So thank you, Praximantum, inadvertently. All right. So so what else is on everyone's mind at the moment? Um, what you know? Uh, what what are you excited about? What you know? How was your week? Um, you know, one thing one thing I want to do in these No Agenda Fridays is is I want us to also celebrate what went right, commiserate what went wrong, think about how to do things differently, ask for help. This really is your platform and your opportunity. I can't imagine that people actually want to hear from me for five days, five days a week for one hour at a time. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, but apparently that's what you want. Um, you are... <laughs> Don't give, don't encourage me. Um, <clears throat> don't do that at all. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll keep talking until uh, we see somebody else who wants to kind of join uh, the conversation. Um, David Russell says, Jaffe, you're losing me. What are you talking about? I don't know what we're talking about. You tell me. Why don't you come up and tell me what you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Um, what are you passionate about? What would you like me to talk about? We're just talking about a bunch of things today. It's No Agenda Friday. So I've been talking about community, been talking about being a builder. Um, we talk a lot about Web3 because I really believe that Web3, um, as it stands, uh, is going to... Oh, somebody came off mic. Michelle. Yeah, I'm going back to Jomar. Like, I'm intrigued by what he said and his, I guess, agency not accepting that um, one of the mantras could be about community and branding. So I'm just curious, Jamar, like, do they acknowledge that brand affinity at the end is what they're looking for? I mean, I'm kind of baffled that they would yeah, think community you know, is part of that equation. Yeah, I, I think that's where, like, I don't work for that agency anymore. And I started up my own community for branding. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm building I'm building our community. So two of those points that Joseph said kind of really triggered me in a positive way to say something. But I, you know, the, the next step, what we're doing is we're building up an alliance of agencies within Copenhagen where I'm at. 
Um, and I've, a lot of my clients who are um, SaaS vendors for enterprise, because I only deal with enterprise, there's no SMB uh, in, in my world, um, because they have a different, different story. But, um, but they're all asking, do you have a network of agencies? And yes, I, I know all the people I used to compete with who are worth competing with. And uh, is it healthy to talk to each other? Well, yeah, I mean, we still produce the, this event called Web Analytics Wednesday that invites um, not just brands, but also agencies. Um, I used to run that through the agency. Now I run that independently. Um, and that's a part of a global um, agency network. So I think my thoughts are they, they're, they're not still thinking that way because they have to look at their hourly rates and pay the wages. And I, I get that. Um, and they have to work in a world where a lot of brands, as Joseph was saying, they don't think long game. They think month by month or quarter by quarter. So that kind of works against community and building community. So they're... Some of the frustrations I still have today when I try and get some of our sponsors on board as well, they still don't totally get the concept of community and how that can really help them. And I think that's a part of a journey for, for, for what I'm going through and what I'm trying to evangelize and, and change the world is we have to think more with, with more integrity and we have to think less about the shareholders and more about the world, the people. You know, what is the brand serving in terms of society and stuff like that. And that's where things like community can really thrive because you'll get the good people who want to change the world in a positive way, not just serving the shareholders. Do you know what I mean? I think we all remember Facebook before, I think it was 2012 when it went public. Um, you know, I was building really nice pages for clients and I had another startup that I was running and all of a sudden my reach dropped from one day to the next on organic. And that's purely because, you know, Facebook went from a, a VC funded with a vision to all of a sudden they're now serving the shareholders. So I think businesses in general, I think the, the SMBs do a great job at this, but the large companies that I have to deal with and the brands, it, it still is a struggle. You know, it is, it is still uh, something that they still, there's too much short-term thinking. There's too much... Let's meet our KPIs for the week, the month, the day even. Um, and we've got to get more into that long game thinking uh, across the line. And that's, that's, not, that's a cultural change globally across brands. So I don't know if that makes sense for you, Michelle, or if that answers the question. But it is kind of my, one of the things I think <clears> we can change. Well, I've, I, I've... Is it funny? Okay. I, I find it a little humorous that we're, we're talking about the, this aspect of brands. And I would wager that some of them probably have things that they call like loyalty programs yeah but they they generally fall under the marketing the marketing department which is not really a community thing uh it's more how much can i get for for clicking here and clicking there i i yeah i've seen some loyalty programs that are good but are they really community no, based? But I think, mainly <clears throat> no, but I think it's a place to start i think he's right? saying like a, a there's a hypocrisy yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. There, um, boy, to, to bring up yet another book, right? David Meerman Scott's daughter uh, wrote the book Fanocracy. Oh, yeah, fan, Fanocracy. Yeah. I, I interviewed David, actually, for, and that was great, uh, 100%. I, I had both of them on my show, actually, together, which was amazing. Kiko, uh, I think, know, is, is her name. Know, there's there's a thing that you said early on to start this, and I, and I know, you know we're talking about 
you know what the value of a community and building a community is but the 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 part that i'm still mentally you can hear the stutter in my voice right is you said i brought this to leadership and said it was an opportunity and it was important and they dismissed me so i went and started a company that does it and that little dynamic happens so often where our 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 people the people with boots on the ground bring us they see things and can make mental connections that nobody else can make and they Amen. bring it to the company to say here is basically what you're paying me for right you're paying me to do this and and here is this opportunity that's there and rather than it, it because it challenges the the status quo of what's our project what's our billable hours what's our this because it's not a, a clear profit center immediately they dismiss the idea exactly that's what happened to me and also covid got in the way covid was my trigger i had to shut my department down and it wasn't worth the fight anymore so i had i had four months severance which we have here in 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 Denmark, which is great, so I was able to to lay the found the groundation the ground the foundations yep. for following up customers and uh, brands and uh, 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 what do you call it tech vendors as well. So so we're still at early stage, still bootstrapping, still don't sleep before seven hours a night, um, but it's uh, I, I'm still loving it, you know. But I it, it is and a hundred percent. Sorry, I can't see who you. Are. I can just see Jaffe uh, Joseph talking, but um. But yeah, I, I think we're 100% on the same page. I know David, I actually used um, his uh, uh, new rules of marketing and PR for a course I developed for a, a college here in Copenhagen. And with that, I opened up a dialogue with David and I said, hey, do you know that uh, they've still got it on the program, so there's at least 60 books a year that you can thank me for for the last you know, eight years. And then I was able to, to get him on, a, on an earlier um, a podcast as well. But you know, hundred percent. I I wish more people could see what people, what you and I see, rather than just the immediate goals and requirements in front of them. But it's it is what keeps me up at night, basically. Yeah, and in and in corporate structures, there's um, you know you you have to separate. You have to have uh, I think um, well in the engineering space they call it phase separation. So you have to separate your your innovative ideas, uh, the things that don't fit your current processes, that don't fit your current sales model, revenue models, you know, because those, those are your operations and they're very well defined and, and defined for a purpose and for their scalability. Mm. And, and these other ideas, they need a place to grow. They're messy. They don't fit your metrics by definition. They're not going to fit your current processes and revenue flow. And structuring a way to nurture that as separate from the core business operations. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's what uh, Vayner Bush did in the, you know, World War II era, uh, which we thank the invention of radar from. Lockheed Martin is, is famous for their Skunk Works group. Um, Google has, um, oh, I forget the guy who runs it, uh, runs X at google but you know in what elon ways... musk sorry i couldn't resist that because you said x <laughs> sorry 
Sorry. No, no, no. It, it, it's the the real X. You know I've got an issue with Elon, Joseph. I know you're just trying to gaslight me. Um, I just want to say also, um, uh, Praxim said, because um, I'm trying to kind of bring the two worlds together here. Praxim said, uh, at Tim Lynch, you're spot on about boots on the ground, employees working collaboratively with the customer in my corporate land. We had a class assigned called Customer Empathy. I think this is really a signal of people working on stuff that doesn't actually help the customer. Um, <clears throat> we've got we've got Christopher on stage as well, but I also just want to like add one thought, which is it, it, it dawns on me that when we talk about short-termitis, right, that it's not just short-term focus on results and quarterly earnings and external shareholders. <clears throat> There's also such a thing as short-term thinking. When... People are closed-minded, narrow-minded, or, or you know, or um, have short-term thinking. They're not thinking long-term. They're not playing the long game. They're not, you know, there's no bigger plan or bigger strategy. They're not playing three-dimensional chess. Uh, in some cases, they're just basically kind of, you know, at best get trying to get through the day, but at worst, just really thinking like almost hedonistically. So. I think that what we have to do is we need to be able to get people to like get beyond short-term thinking and short-term acting. Short-term thinking being short-sighted, that's the problem. The problem is being closed-minded and short-sighted. So you are closed-minded and short-sighted, which is different to kind of short-term. Uh, I mean, it's not completely different. It actually, the two work, unfortunately, very badly together. The other thing, and I don't know if this is just like a little thing that I picked up, is agencies have always been really bad uh, bad at collaborating with other agencies. Uh, there's so much competition and infighting and paranoia, <clears throat> and it doesn't work that way. It's not an abundant mindset. And I actually think that, you know, even <clears throat> when I think about, you know, Alpha Collective, I want the best and brightest people in this space. I don't care who you work for. And what you actually realize <clears throat> is that when you, we even discussed this this week in the Collective Cafe, that we typically hold really great ideas and really crap ideas close to our chest. We, we hold crap ideas close to our chest because we don't want to be embarrassed. And we hold great ideas close to our chest because we're afraid someone's going to steal them. What we don't realize is that when we actually share and open up ourselves and be a bit vulnerable, people can actually help turn our bad ideas, our crap ideas, into great ideas, sometimes with just a small little spin or nuance or tweak. They can see something that maybe we missed out, a blind spot. And with the great ideas, maybe they can even help us execute. Maybe they can actually help us make it a reality. David Russell's been making many points in the chat, just talking about how important team is. You know, one of the things that I read, uh, not read, I heard in this uh, interview on uh, from the author who wrote, I think it was the 42, 42 Laws of Power or the 24 Laws of Power, whatever, 30 Laws of Power, there are a lot of laws of power, um, <clears throat> is that some the worst people to work with are your friends or family members, right? The, the, the best people to work with are actually your enemies. And what he means by that is, Someone that laid you off or you laid off or that you had a beef with, if you go to them and you say, look, I'm starting this venture or there's a project I'm working on and look, 
we've never seen eye to eye and we've had massive bust up or we've had our issues, but you're pretty damn smart and I've always respected your thinking. What if we actually kind of team up and try and, and figure and actually bring our different perspectives together? He actually said that psychologically what happens is that person now is going to do everything that they can to prove themselves to you, to actually prove that you made the right decision. And so it is almost psychological and even a little manipulative, but in a good way. Um, Praxim just said it's the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, an amazing interview that I heard um, on my favorite podcast, which is the Collective Cafe to Go. Just kidding. Uh, a diary of a CEO. So I always cite it many times because it's really good food for thought. Christopher, I know you came up to stage. Um, um, how are you? What would you like to add? Yeah, happy Friday. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm usually uh, listening in Discord. I may have a couple minutes here, and you may hear an angry <laughs> four-year-old in the background, so we'll see how it goes. But um, I think I had two thoughts. I think, uh, one, I started listening. I think you mentioned the two kind of uh, – I think the quote, if I'm uh, – butchering it a little bit might be, uh, I think the two major roles of our company are the two only roles of our company are marketing and innovation. And that made me think uh, a lot of times companies uh, or organizations will <laughs> misclassify things. They want these buzzwords. So they're like, we're innovating, we're innovative. And they're really not, right? So they want that word and they want to be known as being innovative, but they don't do the hard work and they don't have the right culture to actually innovate. What they do is they just still placate to office politics and kind of, you know, these folks, their ideas are going to be good and whether they steal them or not or whatever, like, you know, that that environment is just kind of tolerated or, or in some case, even kind of embraced. So I think a lot of times companies will misclassify things because they want to be known for certain things. They want to be known for their marketing reach. They want to be known for their innovation but they won't do the work for that. And then I think we've started getting into a little bit of the what it feels like to work for some of those organizations and this concept of stealing ideas. And what I have found is that if you bring a good idea to a bad organization, expect it to be stolen. And if you're really good at coming up with ideas, you'll come up with another idea. Because even when someone steals your idea, you know, nine times out of 10, they can't execute on it, right? Because they can take your buzzwords, they can take your slides, they can take that, but they can't take what you brought to actually bring that to the table, right? Which is usually that background, but more so the passion, right? Like, hey, if you really want to get something done, you know what I mean? Like you've got this burning passion that someone that steals your idea doesn't have. But what I have found is that if an idea gets stolen and you're really good at coming up with ideas, that just it's a catalyst. You, you just keep coming up with ideas. So glad I could uh, be in uh, Clubhouse today. I love the conversation. And uh, yeah, I'll pass the mic back. Um, because the purpose of business is to create a customer, the business enterprise has two and only two basic functions, marketing and innovation. Marketing and innovation produce results. All the rest are costs. Marketing is the distinguishing unique function of the business. Peter Drucker 1954 and uh it's interesting maybe we'll do it next week or another day is to actually kind of deconstruct and say well what went wrong you know <laughs> what happened over the last 80 years um or 70 years math is not my strong suit yeah 70 years 
How did we go from that to where we are today? It's an interesting, it'd be an interesting um, kind of retro uh, active. But, you know, you actually said something, Christopher, that I, I actually think is maybe one of the most important, powerful points that anyone could take away from any conversation. And that's if you were able to come up with a great idea once, you can come up with a great idea again. And, and, and it is scary, scary as, as hell when you think that you've come up with an idea that, that could change the world or your best idea, whatever, and you're so afraid and paranoid that someone um, will steal that idea or take it away from you. Um, but if you came up with it, you imagine what else you could come up with, especially if you had the means and the mechanism and the right environment and community and the ability to keep on coming up with ideas. And I will say one thing, it's very relevant for the Startup Club. They always say that for every idea that, that anyone is thinking of or coming up with, there are at least three to five other people that not only are thinking about the same idea, but are further along than you in terms of executing it. So if you want to be paranoid, be paranoid. <laughs> be really paranoid and realize the danger is not someone stealing your idea. The danger is someone executing on their idea before you. I'd just add um, one of the things with ideas I often say to people, because people get very protective, that's my idea, that's my idea. And it's like a great idea executed is like a basketball. It just gets better when it's passed around. And that's what people don't want to do. They don't want to pass it around and share it to build on it. That's like a child, you know, you have to develop it. The best idea in its first incarnation is the worst version of that idea, really. Um, and it needs the community around it to build it. So, so that's you know, kind of what I'll add. I just want to say, I don't know if Vanessa is still here. Is she still here? Oh, she is here. She, um, I think the question asked was, and I don't know what the answer is. Um, um, the idea was, can you repeat the name of the podcast with the interview? Um, so I think I, I, if you were referring to the David Meerman Scott um, uh, interview that when he was on my show, I actually put that link above um, so you can actually watch it. It was three years ago. It was May of 2020. It was like really kind of like early on when my show was called Corona TV. Uh, now it's called Joseph Jaffe is not famous. So you can actually link to it. Fanocracy. Um, I mean, so super, super relevant with respect to a thousand true fans and what's happening right now with community, with Web3 um, as well. Um, I was saying I'm referring to the interview with the 48 Powers author. Um, very uh, go-to diary of a CEO, uh, which is Stephen Bartlett, and just search for Robert Greene. Um, by the way, his story, Robert Greene's story, is insane, insane. He was stung by... He was basically stung by a wasp or a bee or something. Um, as I won't go into the details, but he actually ended up um, he actually ended up having a stroke because of it. He had an allergic reaction, and it's like changed his whole life. He's almost incapacitated him, um, and he's had to like almost like reinvent himself or at least realign. He was you know extreme marathon and rock climber, and uh, it's just the most un. I mean, forget about the book. You know, and and now is and and now is written books about magnetism and and confidence and you know I I connected with that interview also because you know I have a twenty year old son 
and um, you know who's also trying to find himself and just in general when we think about the world of social media standing out um, it was just so relevant on so many different levels so you're going to absolutely love 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 that interview um, I'm actually now <laughs> we're, we're driving up to Maine today for for camp visiting day and uh, I'm going to attempt attempt to do two things i will tell you next week if i was successful the one thing is i actually want to play thursday's collective cafe um and i want people to listen to the idea you to think creatively if 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 my family can sit through an hour of me you know i, I honestly i don't even know what i'll do um but i also want them to listen to mo gordet's interview on uh, diary of a ceo talking about ai because it was just that insane scary you know like just mind-bending eye-opening um as well so uh it's going to be a very painful drive six hour drive up to maine today uh for my family but you know what um it is it is what it is um so uh yeah let's go back and see uh anyone wants to uh anyone wants to continue to add uh love love the conversation and where it's taken us so I see it's just Christopher, Michelle back on stage, uh, Tim and Praxim on stage um, as well. Um, I'm also going to change the link above. We've got about 12 minutes left today um, and go from David, Mim and Scott just to give you the um, the interview. Like if you, if you like these live sessions, then by all means, if you are, you know, so I love, I love actually listening live. Uh, even if I'm not commenting, I just kind of like the fact that it's happening right now. It's, it's the same as like a Peloton class. It's the weirdest thing ever. You know, you can you can listen to a class or, or, or do a class on demand, but there's something cool about, you know, being able to be there and be sharing that experience with the instructor and everyone else in the class. You know, if it's Saturday morning at 8, they're there at Saturday morning at 8. So are you. Um, but certainly if you can't make or you want to go back and, and get something from the archive, I'm putting the link in now. It's bit.ly forward slash uh, Collective Cafe to go. This is the Collective Cafe to go. So anyone want to take the conversation um, in a different direction or should we continue um, talking about everything that we've spoken about? Uh, Tim Praxim, what do you say? Anything else in your mind? Mind is a terrible thing to waste, my friends. Don't waste it. All right. No one wants to, no one wants to add, so I'm just trying hey, to... Jaffe, I'll jump in. All right. Uh, I know it's a little hard navigating between the two, so I appreciate you doing that. But, uh, yeah, maybe for me it's just a little bit of a appreciation. I know it's been a, uh interesting week on social audio we went from threads to drama to you know maybe getting to some sense of normalcy so i appreciate uh your even killedness if that's a next word and uh, your consistency um but i think uh again too from uh just just some of the insights i think it's nice to have these kind of conversations and i always call them unexpected conversations right because not preparing for them and you're just kind of seeing where things go uh and for me i think a lot of the topics you talk about tie into you know the future of work um you know current uh into future maybe um and i think we're just in a really interesting place i think we're 
you know, you've got companies trying to figure out what they want, but you've got a workforce that I think feels more empowered than ever um, to basically say, here's what I want. And, you know, like I said, for me, trust and the lack of trust in organizations is a big thing. But I think you're feeling a lot of push and pull between corporations saying, hey, we're Apple. We spent a billion dollars on, you know, this campus that you never need to leave. <clears throat> and people saying, well, you know, I've got kids and I've got aging parents and I've got, you know, Pilates class down the street. And I, I like to look out my window because, you know, I'm in an open space staring at, you know, 10 other people. It's not the same as looking at a squirrel in a tree or something like that. So I think we're at a really interesting place. And it'll, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I think as um, an active observer, right, because I think we're all impacted by it, it'd be interesting to see how corporations and organizations kind of adjust and uh, I assume not all of them will adjust well but also what you know um, employees will have to do because I know traffic um, at least in the Boston area is insane and it might be you know everyone says it's summer it's this it's that but I think it's I think there's just a lot of people going nowhere uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that impacts work. So I don't know if that's relevant to anything, but that was no, just you, the uh, you thought that was going through my head. You just actually like brought up a whole bunch of ideas. Um, so thank you for doing that. First of all, I just saw something that Tim wrote, and he said uh, in the divergent thinking part of the creative problem-solving model brings other people together to scamper, S-C-A-M-P-E-R, which is substitute, combine, adapt, modify, put to another use, eliminate or reverse to take your good idea or bad idea and come up with tons of other ideas. Um, you know, in um, with EOS, which is the business coaching that I've started doing as well, one of the things that they do, one of the two of the tools, one of the tools is called IDS, which is the, which is the issue solving track, um, identify, discuss, solve. And the other is what's called an L10 meeting, um, where you actually, where 60 minutes of the 90 minutes, it's it replaces the status meeting, is spent IDSing. Um, but but one of the things you do when you come up with with these idea with these ideas or issues or whatever is what they they call keep kill combine. Do you keep it? Do you kill it? Or do you combine it with something else? Now that's just that's very different to scamper, right? Which is actually a proven process and a whole methodology designed to take an idea and that's why like when you hear people say there are no no bad ideas it's so true there are no bad ideas right the only thing bad yeah. is when you kill an idea prematurely and and when you don't uh, and and when you can't even figure out how to turn that bad idea into something completely surprising and different um and so there's uh, the other thing i just wanted to say as well is um you know the, the whole week that you spoke about, Christopher, I almost, you know, was thinking like we need to spend some time talking about energy and sustainability, right? Because the thing about energy right now is we're looking now for alternate sources of energy, renewable energy, sustainability. These are all conversations that can actually be used now to actually now start to kind of ladder with respect to this, you know, the, the, the squirrel chasing, right? The threads versus this versus that, whatever. Um, I, I think I remember once talking about that we should have a moratorium on tactics, 
We should, there should be a grace period, like a cool off period where we're not allowed to talk about anything until it's ahead, like 30 days of, you know, gestation. Um, and, and, and I mean, like, like with respect to even the whole threads comment, who the hell is talking about threads at the moment? Has anyone been looking at the, what happened to the exponential growth rates? But, but here's the thing. I'm not even talking about the clubhouse conversations. I'm talking about the ad ages and the ad weeks and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journals and the CNNs that all jumped on the the bandwagon. You know, these brands have just started deals or the first brand deals with threads are blah, 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 blah. And, you know, here are like, you know, uh, 10 thread strategies from these smart thought leaders and futurists, whatever. And they kind of all look like idiots at the moment. Because, and that's what happens, you know, when when you let tactics lead. So my approach, uh, Christopher, was just just build it. You know, fortune favors the builders. Just keep your head down um, and and stay on the course and don't get distracted. You know, the example that I used. I don't remember if I actually used these examples in the two interviews I was interviewed on yesterday or actually in the Collective Cafe. But I've always like kind of used the analogy of playing golf. Maybe I said it yesterday. I can't remember. I, I don't even remember what I said 20 minutes ago. But it's like, you know, when a, when a golfer is on the golf course, when Tiger Woods is on the golf course, you know, there's no one else on the hole. There's like maybe he's two or three playing partners or two playing partners. But there's no scoreboard throughout Right there's a couple of maybe two scoreboards that you can glance up and see what's going on but but and then occasionally you hear the roar of the crowd from across the golf course maybe a hole in one maybe you know an a, a, a 45 foot putt or or an incredible save from the bunker but for the most part besides one or two of those I mean that roar of the crowd was threads in a way. What are you going to do? Just drop your club and run, 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 run as fast as you can and go, well, what did we miss? We're like, what's going on here? You know, that that's not going to help you play a better game and it's not going to help you win. Um, it's a distraction for the most part, for the most part, not completely, but for the most part. So I just wanted to add that as well. Um, we've got about three minutes left. Um, so uh, Tim, Praxim, Christopher, Michelle, um, any final thoughts? Thank you for all of the people um, that uh, commented in the chat. Um, please remember, I've put a link in as well, which is if you like this, you can subscribe every day uh, within the next within two or three hours. I put this up as a podcast, so you can listen to it with show notes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's all for me, really, except to tell you all just have an amazing, amazing weekend. Um, but um, let's see, Tim, Praxim, Christopher, Michelle, final words hey, hello. to you. Yes, you, your, your discussion about energy there. Now there, I've got some nuggets. So I posted a couple things for those in Discord to see that energy replacement. Energy is like this critical thing that we as uh, people, technologists, community builders don't talk about. But in this case, this is external energy that we use to produce, right? And let's have a whole session on this because... Um, I want to get people like understanding this because it took me a long time to understand that when we talk about renewables, they are such a little uh, a dot in the total chart of terawatts of hours of energy that we as a globe can produce and consume that we really need to be thinking about this more. 
So I'll leave that as a teaser for another session. Yeah. But well, I, I really well, appreciate being up again today. Well, let's do that either Monday or Tuesday because I'm away Wednesday through Friday. Um, I would say normally, why don't you run a session on it uh, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, but I, I want to be at it. Um, I mean, <laughs> you can, I want to be at it. But but what you could do potentially, if especially if you record it, is if you do one on actual energy, what I want to do is build on it and actually talk about the energy that that momentum, you know, human energy as opposed to actual energy, you know, natural. Uh, I think they're I think they're naturally intertwined, and we just don't give that enough credit. All right, well, I, you're not doing that without me. Um, uh, so, <laughs> by the, so by the way, if anyone is listening. Uh, and I'll say this generally to the regulars because, listen, this is about building relationships at the end of the day. So if you are regular and, and I know who you are and you know who I am, and uh, especially if you've been in Discord, so this is kind of one of the benefits of actually you know, building a relationship in Discord. If you want to run sessions Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday in Discord, where we'll be next week, please contact me. Just send me a direct message or, or put it in the chat Um and what we'll do is we'll, we will share that, market it, merchandise it to the Collective Cafe here in Clubhouse on Monday and Tuesday. We'll also share it with Startup Club and put it on the wall. Um, so just for a, for a period of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be uh, in Discord and then I will be back. Um, but yeah, so have an amazing weekend, everyone. You know, touch some grass, uh, but also just do what feeds your, your energy, your renewable energy. You know, I love working on the weekends normally because it's quiet, it's calm, you know, and it's an opportunity for me to catch up on all the stuff that that the craziness, going back to what Christopher was saying with all the craziness this week, that, that tends to pull us off course, tends to distract us. You know, it's the crowd roaring while we're actually just trying to, to get through our round of golf. Well, each round of golf is a week. We've come to the end. So we're now at the 19th hole which means you can uh, get yourself a sandwich, get yourself a cocktail. You've worked hard. You deserve it. Uh, you are important. You are special. You are amazing. And we will see you all um, on Monday. Bye, everyone. Bye, Christopher. Bye, Michelle. Bye, Praxim. Bye, Tim. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Steve Turney hosts a great podcast geared toward mental health marketers called The Boost. Steve, tell listeners what you cover on the show. The Boost is our podcast, and the tagline is conversations with people promoting mental health, and that's what it is. So it's marketers, company executives, therapists, and mental health advocates talking about what they're doing to move this industry and this important thing called mental health forward. Amazing. And where can people subscribe? I'm big on LinkedIn, so you can find us there, just uh, slash Steve Turney, or you can find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Boost wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.